You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the Netflix original series, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. I'm Josh. I'm Seal. Let's talk about what was sundered and undone. The first thing that jumps out to me is that title of this episode comes directly from the prophecy that we saw in the original movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, uh, what I have it here. For those who cannot remember, when single shines the triple sun, what was sundered and undone shall be whole the two made one by gelfling hand or else by none. It's interesting that we're using this snippet from the prophecy for this episode. I don't know, have you had any chance or have you had a chance to think about what that may mean? I have not thought about that. Mm. I've thought about it and I really haven't landed anywhere. <laughs> I'm so, thinking about it now and, yeah. I, and I don't know where to land other than I think it's clever mm-hmm. that they've done this. Clearly there is something here that is a, key as a mm-hmm. linchpin is a hinge mm-hmm. upon which this whole story turns mm-hmm. because why else would they title the episode with that phrase from something as important as that prophecy? I have no idea, but let's all of us, not just you and me, let's all think about it and let us, let us know. We would like to include your thoughts yeah. next time we sit down and record but we don't know what those thoughts are until you let us know, because we're we, we're not mind readers. Uh, but no. so so definitely hit us up on uh, let's just say Twitter. That's usually the easiest. That's easy. We're, we're all there at Recap FM. Let us give us some feedback. What do you think the name of this episode? What was sundered and undone? What do you think that means? Usually, when you title an episode. It has multiple meanings, right? So it would have right. a meaning for this episode in particular, but then maybe for the series and the plot as a whole. Which is typical of prophecy. There tends to be a near-term meaning mm-hmm. and a long-term meaning. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. So one thing I would like to point out Ooh. is that the three main characters – Rianne, Brea, Brea, and Deet has still not converged. They are still they are still not together yet. And actually, now that I say that out loud, how do I know that they're supposed to be together ever? I mean, they so, don't have to be. They don't have to be. The, it, they don't have to be to serve the story. No, they the, don't. The way so, thus far this thing is constructed, they could go about their three individual journeys, mm-hmm. and all three of those paths can be separate paths can be necessary to the outcome of the story. Separate paths, all but all for one common goal. Sure, sure. They, they, they clearly have, there's clearly a common mm-hmm. thread mm-hmm. among them, but they don't necessarily have to converge. They could run parallel, mm-hmm. which would be interesting. It'd be, be atypical of mm-hmm. this kind of story. Yeah. It would be interesting for sure. And maybe, maybe that's where I'm coming from. Maybe in my little brain how 
subconsciously I was thinking, well, well, surely at some point these three characters will be together because it, it, it makes sense from a narrative, uh, at least from a traditional narrative perspective, especially when you have three, uh, well, when you have anyone that is, is kind of, you, you don't want them to feel like they're completely alone in their thoughts and their resistance, right? So I guess maybe that's where I'm coming from. You got Rian, he's, he clearly he's not necessarily raised his fist yet, but he's like, Hey, there's a disturbance. And what I thought to be real good and true is not necessarily the case. And the Skeksis set all this up and they're making me out to be a murderer. Brea knows that there's some mysterious things in this world that she doesn't understand. And of course, Deet's like uh, the, the, the creatures of the planet trying to, that, or trying to eat me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one something's that were, gone wrong. One that ones that are benevolent. So their world's turned upside down and it's easy to be in that position of feeling like you're alone. And I guess ultimately that's what I'm trying to articulate is I feel how, how cool is it to finally find someone that feels the same way you do about something. And usually that's how friendships are forged. Sure. It's like, Oh, Oh yeah. You're a fan of that too. Or you like that movie or, or you collect this thing or whatever. Hey, that's cool. And that's yeah. like the start of a friendship. Uh, but especially when things are kind of going sideways, I know that, um, you know, when you're a kid and you've watched too many horror movies and you're like, okay, there's stuff out there in the dark that, uh, you know, I can't see that maybe it's going to get me, but I'm still scared, but I feel better because I have my friends with me. So Mm -hmm. together we're stronger, together we're better. And that's really where I'm trying to go is I, I feel like we're on that path and it would make sense for them to converge so that we could, as an audience and even for rooting for those characters and for the characters themselves to be able to have that opportunity to go, Oh, yes. Yes, somebody has got my back. Somebody understands what I'm trying to say. Somebody sees what I see. I'm not alone. And really, that's that's the most important thing is to not feel alone. Sure. Nobody wants to to be lonely or feel like they're alone. Well, no. And, And right now, that's where we have our three main characters. And like I said, it could go... A parallel thing. I'm with you. I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I think they will converge, but I think they're letting this thing breathe. Mm-hmm. And I think they're letting some of the tension ramp up. Mm-hmm. So as we, the audience, because each of us are going to identify more with one of these three, right? They're going to each become the surrogate for the, for a different part of the audience. So why not let that breathe mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know, at least these three episodes, maybe another one. And, shoot, maybe even half the, the front half of this thing and they come together and then it, and, and it shifts. And they, But why not let it breathe a little bit? Mm-hmm. And why not build that sense of loneliness and anxiety and, you know, get to, and, and let the audience come along with that and get invested in that and become desperate for that connect, become desperate for a connection. Mm-hmm. And then pay it off, pay off, pay that whole thing off by bringing them together at the right time instead of rushing it. Mm, yeah, no, that that makes then, perfect sense. I that, feel like that 
hopefully that's what's going to happen. We're three episodes in. Another great episode. Ooh, I have yes. enjoyed my 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 uh, the experience is just getting richer and deeper and better. And I and we're three episodes in, and I've loved all three of them, and they kind of build on each other. And none of them have been weak in my mind uh, uh, so far. So I hey, I've enjoyed uh, every bit uh, of the series so far, and this is what I love, kind of. Coming off of what you were saying, that's what I love about long format storytelling and series where you can let things breathe, sure. let things develop, things become richer, uh, have that depth to them that you can't really have in a, a film or even several films because you're, you're constrained, right, mm-hmm. uh, by, by time. And, you know, I, it's weird because I thought <laughs> I was sure that each episode, episode was probably not going to be any more than like 30 minutes. And I was completely wrong about that. That's what I expected when I first heard about it. I was like, Oh, okay. So cool. They're going to do a half hour show. You know, no, 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 no. It's, it's as though it were an hour long series mm-hmm. on uh commercial television. And I actually thought it was going to be eight episodes long and it's 10. So we're, we're looking at some, a lot of time to let things breathe. And I love that. I want to spend as much time as I can in the world of Thra. Sure. And so th- this is the greatest gift you could give me is this time that I get to spend with these characters. Because while they haven't, the three main characters haven't converged, there was a brief meeting. It was a brief mm-hmm, meeting, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes, um, yes, there was. But they don't know who they are. They, they don't know who they are. Yeah, it's, it and, was. And it all felt, it didn't feel forced. It felt very much part of the story. It was, yeah, it was very organic. Very organic. Deet, Hup, make it into um, Stonewood. Stonewood, yeah. And she wants uh, to gain audience with Madra uh, Farah, played by Lena Headley, which... Apparently, this is like a big Game of Thrones reunion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the show. Not com- that is not not me complaining. No, that is one bit. That's a good thing. That's, that's a, you you. That's higher top. We everything about this show is first class. Yeah, absolutely. And that and I appreciate that. And you know, side note, it could be Netflix saying, "Okay, Disney's about to throw their hat into this ring. We better ramp it up mm-hmm. with our." Uh, Original material, and which they hey, have. This is yeah, uh, that, agreed to me. That's what this is. They turned it up to eleven. So <laughs> good problem to have mm-hmm. because it's good for us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind it at yeah. all. Uh, she wants to gain audience with the Madra because she wants to inform her of the darkening, and she can't even get audience. Well, let's take a step back. Her and Hup make it into uh, the city there, and man, they're not welcome. At all. And they're just looked down upon. And, you know, you could almost feel as though, you know, she's an, she's an underground dweller and they really treated her as such, uh, like literally, you know, you're, you're, you're lesser and you're a third class citizen. Yeah. And that's going to be interesting as we continue to explore that, because that obviously there's a lot of parallels between that and just, you know, our reality, if you, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but I know that at some point there will be a, 
We're talking about the age of resistance. We're talking about, well, it's not going to be just these three characters. They're, there's, they're going to have to, there's going to have to be some sort of unification. I believe we mm-hmm. do. It, it has let it drop in some of the promotional material that there. And I think even in the original uh, story, it talks about the unification of the Gelfling mm-hmm. clans and it, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I want to see that. And then when this is done, I want to see like the story before this story. It's like, how did we get here? Sure. How did we get to where we have all these clans, which we haven't seen uh, everything about all the Gelfling clans yet, just like the three main ones, right? Uh, But obviously they just really don't have a lot of use for each other. And it's like, well, uh, okay, yeah, they so, don't seem to like each other. It's like, what happened? Is it just out of sight, out of mind? Is it just, hey, we live over here and I've got my family and friends and I create this little bubble and anything outside of that, I just choose to pretend like it doesn't exist. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. So she couldn't gain audience, but here comes Rianne. <laughs> and <Yeah>. just trucking <laughs> right on through to talk to the Madra, which... You know, a, a lot of that I'm sure had to do with the fact that there was wanted posters. <laughs> yeah, well, there literally weren't any wanted posters, but, but figuratively, yeah. Figur- right? figuratively, <laughs> the word had already gotten back right. to Stonewood that hey, this guy's in trouble, and he was a son of a prominent citizen. That's right of the clan. So right. I mean, they knew who he they knew who he was, irrespective of mm-hmm. the. Uh, his, his, his uh, fugitive status. That's right. That's right. And that's why he was able to gain, gain audience because of his, not just his station as a, as a castle guard, but I think probably more so that his name mm-hmm. was associated with yeah, his absolutely. father. Because I, I sense that the name was uh, important within uh, this clan, important within this family, especially the way that the father treated him, you know, uh, hey, no, you're not good enough. You're not ready. Uh, but uh, he comes in and he tries to tell them and he said, Hey, we can dream fast. And they're like, then in that moment, they're like, Oh, yep. the jig was up. Right. So yeah. it's like, Oh, we got him. No, you're right. He is his mind. He's, crazy. Is, he's trying to corrupt the rest of us. He's trying to corrupt the rest of us. And, uh, and an interesting little fight ensued. And I was kind of, that, that was kind of cool. Uh, there's a lot of great camera work that's happening in oh, the yeah. series so far. I, didn't, I mean, again, we're watching a puppet show here <laughs> on steroids. <laughs> and that was some of the best fight choreography you're going to see anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And they pulled it off. It was great. Yeah, it was. I believed it. Totally believable. But I, I want to, my, my thing that I want to kind of point out in that is as Rian's trying to escape and go about his merry way, because it's like, I mean, he had an opportunity to give up and maybe go back. And you know how that is sometimes where it's like, well, you you find yourself in that moment where I said, well, if I give myself up, maybe all will be forgiven. Maybe I can go back to the way things were. Sure. And you got to admit that that pull or that desire to do that, that's pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, it's, know, a, who, it's a serious temptation. Who likes the apple cart to be turned upside down or upset? Nobody, right. you know, because it's change and, and, and who, who likes change? 
So he had this opportunity, but he's like, no, because that's not the truth. I'm not a murderer and they're evil. And if I go back with you, it's like, I'm just shutting my mouth and I can't unsee the things that I've seen. Right. I've seen, I've seen too much, <laughs> you know, but the thing that was most important to me is father making eye contact with him mm. and giving him the nod, like, I respect it, it felt like it was more of I respect what you're doing. I may not agree totally yeah. with what you're doing, but I respect you now as a man, as yeah. a as a gilfling man. You whatever be, you, you want to believe in what you're doing. Yeah. And get on you for that. I can get down with that. Yeah. Um so I Which was, was nice cool. to see between that was a nice moment between them. Yeah. So you see the I mean the the dad's doing what he's doing as dads do out of love and sons don't always see it that way. And, but, <laughs> and, and, there's, and there's this moment, because I think some of, some of dad's gruffness toward the kid is just him trying to, you know, mold and shape and whatever. And he really, I think does have some respect for the kid, but now he sees, he's like, okay, now this, I'm seeing a whole nother level. It always makes you wonder that as a father, you, you see things like that. It makes me wonder, you know, how much does Ordon know already? Mm-hmm. Has he seen some things? Has he seen some of the things that he knows in his heart of hearts that his son is uh, is speaking the truth? And he's squashed it down. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of that is being hard on our children because we know the truth and the harsh realities of the world that's out there. And we're trying to prepare them for that because we're not always going to be there to protect sure. them. And I wonder if we'll see that in, in Ordon's character. If later on we, we, it, it could be seen as partly as betrayal in some regards, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm, I'm curious to see um, how much he may already know you can't tell me that the Skeksis haven't slipped up before. Oh, sure. I mean, we're under the captain of the guard. You don't get to that position in a short amount of time, surely. That's right. right. And you don't maintain that position Mm. without seeing some stuff. Yeah. And that's that's kind of... If anybody in that palace has a peek behind the curtain, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting because it, really the other main thing for me in this episode is Agra had already set off on her journey, which I was like, oh gosh, it's going to take her about eight episodes to get there. Just every step she takes is a it, just it's all the effort on her body. And I get it. I get it. There's times well, you're all stove up. You've been sleeping for a thousand years. You're all, you know, you're all kind of stove up and your knees hurt and you're like, oh, I can't. That's right. And, you you got to limber up a little bit. And you got to stretch before a trip like that. And I don't think she did. Uh, well, anytime you're coughing out dust, uh, That's when you wake up, it, <laughs> things aren't working right no. to begin with. No. So did we establish a trying, uh, is their equivalent of like a year? That makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, that's my, always been my understanding. Is okay. that's their, yeah, okay. the, a trine is that's how I've always thought of it. Yeah, I don't know if that's right, but why wouldn't it be? So she just marches right on into the castle and says, "Yo, what up? What y'all been doing since I've been gone?" As a matter of fact, I'd like to know what you've been doing because why am I even awake? I'm awake 
because there must be some shenanigans going on yeah, around here. Otherwise, I planet wouldn't know. called out to me. That's right. Because something happened to Crystal. That's right. That you were supposed to be keeping an eye on. Uh-huh. I left y'all in charge. What? What? What's happening? What's happening? What'd you do? And they weren't real keen on letting her in on Ooh, anything. No, they didn't want her having any part of anything. And I'm not real sure why she saw fit to pluck her eye out and uh, wrench it around underneath that uh, dirty old bathwater. Uh <laughs> I'm like, what is this all about? I don't know. <laughs> That's enough. I don't need to be seeing the Skeksis in their steam bath. That's I, that's no. enough of that. Yeah, I don't no. need any more of that. But she just marches in there and says, yo, what, what's going on? They, they just don't want to give up any kind of information because they know they done messed up. Oh, yeah. They know they've been left in charge. The crystal, I, I, I am full confidence that the crystal of truth was still a bright and shining light and had no, no dark hue to it at all when she left on her journey. And, uh, well, she wasn't getting any information from them. And so she's walking on her way out, goes past the chamber, has to do a back it up a little bit, Mm -hmm. do a double take. What the, what, what the, because that's not what she expects to see. No. And And this purple thing. And as soon as she realized that was a crystal of truth, she was heartbroken. Yeah, that's that's the word I was going to use. You heartbreak. Yeah, and I wonder if it was due to the fact that the crystal had been sullied, or the fact that she left it in their care, or most likely a combination. I think a combination of both things that she. Yeah, she left it in someone else's care and look at the state of it. Because One, she would be upset at it being in the state, however it happened. Yeah, but yeah. I think she's even more upset, heartbroken, downtrodden because she facilitated it mm. by giving them custody. Yeah, I mean, I think she totally needs to take some ownership. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> this is—I uh, wouldn't say it's completely on you. No, uh, but, but she certainly bears some of the responsibility. Yeah, a good chunk of it, uh, for sure. And I mean, she was just absolutely devastated, and uh, you could feel that. Mm-hmm. What else did we see? What else stood out? Well, we get uh, what got me was okay. A couple of things, and and we're right, we're actually right there in the chronology of the episode. The conversation she has with herself in the crystal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, you you left you got to make this right. And then the scene with the staircase at the end. Okay. We got to, we got to get to that. Let's get to that. I want to get to that because that the soothsayer said, Hey, bring me the brightest gem in your mother's chamber. That's right. Which she finally, Brea finally figured out that was one of the, I guess, uh, pupa. Yeah. Uh, that was hanging. It was like a chandelier like kind a, of thing. Yeah. And the brightest one was in the middle. Mm-hmm. She said, that's got to be it. Yep. 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 She takes that. And then, again, an interesting conversation of, well, here you have your payment. Now tell me what I want to know. And it's like, oh, we always do things for payment. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. I told you to bring me that because this is now going to tell you what you need mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. Which is a change because in her, uh, in her life, in her world, if you will, that has been the status quo. That has been 
Everything is about what's in it for me. Everything's a transaction. Everything is a transaction. In fact, we we didn't mention that pendant from earlier that was taken no. from the tithing eventually made it to her Back mother, to, yeah. the all madra. And she's like, wait, wait a minute. What are, you, what are you doing wearing this? This was the, this was the last remaining uh, uh, symbol this poor lady had of her mother. And now you're wearing it and her mom acting as though, well, that's just the way it works. She was required to give that as part of the, the, the tithing ceremony. The Skeksis uh, accepted it, and and they, as part of their uh, gratitude and, and and benevolence, bestowed it upon me. So they like regifted it, and it's like it would be wrong for me to mm. not accept it. And it's like to her point, it's like she what well, she's trying, she's struggling with seeing through all this this crud and going, but this is someone's. This we're messing with people's lives, right? We're we're taking, we're not giving, we're not being helpful. And, and if we're saying we're being helpful, what, is, what, what does that even mean? I mean, what services are, of course, that would be a transactional question sure. or, or, or conversation. And what, what services are we rendering? It's like, but, but it is, you bring up an interesting thing. Yeah, everything in her world is nothing but a transaction, uh, even with her sisters, uh, you know, the one that is going to at, at some point become the new Madra, you know, she's bemoaning the fact that you know, she has to go to all these meetings and all mm-hmm. this. And it's like, well, th- th- it's all the politics and all the things yeah. that you have to do. And and it's like, well, do, do you want this? Well, then this is what you're going to have to do. right? And even if you don't want it, you better want it because that's what I want for you. Right. And how dare you? Uh, you know, push against what all the hard work that I've done to set this up so that you could be set up. It's like, but you really sense that she's like, well, I don't, I don't want any of this. I just want to be in the library. I, I want to gain knowledge. Uh, the carriage ride with uh, the, when she fell into the street mm-hmm. this episode, uh, the carriage ride with uh, the Skeksis uh, where the, the one, that's voiced by Aquafina. She's, she's got the, uh, postules, yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's like, I used to be beautiful. I was like, nah, she, you, yeah. No, like, she, she like, you were never beautiful. beautiful. Uh, I used to be beautiful. You know why I look this way now? Knowledge. Knowledge. And so again, an undercurrent, a theme in all of this is there's a price to be paid. Yep for the gaining of knowledge and it's being painted in a very negative manner. It's like, well, that's cool. You, you can know some stuff, but it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So I, I, this, the storytelling and the way all these things are being woven in and the way the themes are being woven in corruption and knowledge. And it's just, it's being done very well. It, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's heavy for something that is, that is being marketed to kids, yeah. but it's also aimed at us yeah, absolutely. because we grew up with it, but it's amazing what you get in children's television mm-hmm. and, and children's media, children's storytelling, the, the, the depth and the layers that I, I, we don't get in quote unquote adult television, you know, stuff agreed. for, you know, primetime grown up TV is many times 
just shallow, vapid garbage. Yeah. And you get something like this and there's just, there's layers to it. Layers upon layers. layers. upon, and it, oh, I love it. Which I really think Henson would be proud. Yes. I really do. I really believe that because that, I mean, we're standing on his shoulders and that's the foundation that he built in, you know, for him, the dark crystal was an opportunity. He, he, he didn't want to just be known as a, um, uh, as someone that just makes children like traditional mm-hmm. children's entertainment. He wanted to bring something dark because it is something more meaningful, something with those layers. And, um, and I think so many times what we call dark is just something that has more layers to it. That mm-hmm. is some, that has more depth to it. Because as you go deeper, the light doesn't penetrate as much. So, but I really do feel like we're going to be going deeper into the de- yes. depth, descending into quite literally, quite literally. This because, is what this is where I wanted to get yes. to. Because she says, "Okay, what do I do with this thing?" It's going to tell me, okay, ask it. It's a moth. Mm-hmm. It's this moth. Mm-hmm. And she says, this is going to tell you what you want to know. This is going to get you where you want to go. Ask it your question. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that she asked. I thought the question she asked was interesting. She could have just, she could have asked anything. Apparently she could have asked the answer to the question. What does the symbol mean? You know, she said, no, show me how to find what I'm looking for. Mm. What a wonderful question. That was a great question. What a wonderful question. So now she's got to continue this journey. So she wants to be on this journey. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was. Yeah. There's even, there's so much maturity in asking that question. Mm -hmm. A lot. Because what you're basically saying, maybe not even with understanding it on a conscious level is, I want to know the truth. And I want you to take me wherever you need to take me so that I can experience and gain that knowledge. And you're, you're basically saying I'm willing to pay the price and there's going to be decisions along the way that I'm going to have to make that I don't even understand yet, Mm -hmm. but I understand the desire enough to know the truth that I am willing to take that risk and take that journey to go through whatever experiences to get to that truth. And you know, that, to me is one of the most mature and uh, open-minded things that we can do as a human mm-hmm. is you can every anyone can ask that, that easy question, right? Anybody can ask the question that gets you to the end. Yeah. Anybody can pray the prayer that says, get me out of this. That's right. Instead of get me through this. That's right. Yeah. And that's what she's asking. Get me through this. I want to take me through mm. to the other side. Yeah. Because that's the only way she's really going to know and understand mm. the truth is, right. is to go through. No shortcuts. Right. No shortcuts. Well, what an episode. Oh, my goodness gracious. And the, the moth comes, it lands on the throne. Mm. Yep. And it opens a lock and the throne turns into a staircase down into the dark. We know not where. Cut to black credits. What? Yeah. Well, she started. She started down the stairs. Started down the stairs. And here we are. And what? (laughs) And I cannot wait to find out where those stairs go. Well, we're about to find out because we're about to end this right here. So thank you so much for spending your time with us. You could could choose to spend your time 
a million different ways, but you're here with us now. And we want you to know that we appreciate it. We appreciate your time and your attention. And we do want to hear from you. Give us feedback. You want to point out some things that maybe we missed, things that we can discuss on future episodes of of the podcast. We would love to do that. Hit us up on Twitter at Recap FM. Actually, that's all social media. All social media, you can find us at Recap FM. Well, the best way you can make sure that you hear from us and all the cool things that we're going to be doing in the future is get on our newsletter. Do that by going to our website, recap.fm. There's a newsletter button. Click on that or just go to recap.fm slash newsletter. So many cool things are coming. So many more episodes are coming up. So much. Not just of the Dark Crystal Recap, but other shows. I'm fairly certain you're going to find something you love. In fact, you could even just let us know, hey, maybe there's something we're not covering. You'd like for us to throw the name of that uh, show into the hopper. And, you know, if we, we get enough of those, when we pull one out and be like, oh, well, we got to do this because the audience demands it. That's right. Uh-huh. And we, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. If you don't tell us. That's right. But we appreciate you. We'll talk to you again soon. In the meantime, resist. resist.